0: Well, thanks for joining in the middle of a very busy week, John. This is exciting. And I promise I'm not going to talk about the one thing that you don't want to talk about.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, we can talk about uh, anything you want, especially this is not even getting published for a little while, right?
0: That's right. It'll be like a week or so, or two yeah, weeks maybe. Dude, okay.
1: That's plenty that's plenty of time.
0: So I, I've typically been asking people about like, the latest trends that they're seeing in the industry. So let's step back from. Let's assume the last month didn't happen.
1: Pre COVID nineteen. Uh,
0: pre COVID nineteen, and let's sidestep COVID nineteen. So pre and sidestep. Uh, what do you think has been the most interesting thing in 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 healthcare as you see it? And like for someone who isn't in the healthcare industry, why should they care?
1: Yeah. Uh, wow. Well, that's. I mean, you, we could do an hour just on that, right? So. I mean, the trends in healthcare are interesting. It's, obviously, there's a big push for um, more automation, more, you know, computer assistance in, in making uh, decisions or at least accessing data. Um, there's a long history in medicine of failed um, attempts to upgrade. And so, um, you know, there's certainly a lot of resistance in the healthcare industry against it. But yet, you still have a lot of these, like, bright, young, people who are getting out of their residency programs and, and even while they're in their training wanted to use the um, you know bigger better brighter new thing um and and so even like you know i think i mentioned i'm, I'm giving a talk in june to or i'm supposed to this get canceled um give a talk on the future of emergency medicine and how we're going to incorporate you know artificial intelligence and and telemedicine and those are really the two big things people are looking at is how we're going to take the this new technology and incorporate it and, you know, I can go on about what people are guessing it's going to be. Uh, but I think that's it's always proven to be a kind of a waste of time because telemedicine. Um, that, anyway, that's it's kind of where we're at right now is it, we look at the future. And we're saying, you know, what's this going to do? Uh, how can we incorporate technology in better? Um, there's been a general resistance in hospital based medicine to all the apps and nonsense that are out there and these like wearables and whatnot. I I don't really think it's intended for the hospital based physicians. You know, somebody comes to the ER and they say, Hey, look at my Apple heart rate tracker. And you're like, I have an EKG right here. Let's just use that. You know?
0: Yeah. There's a lot there. Uh, I I think maybe like in our two years from now segment, that might be an interesting sort of uh, something to do there. Um, Let's switch, switch gears a little bit. Um, if you look back at your career uh, what's your favorite mistake so something that felt like the wrong decision or a failure that ended up setting you up for success
1: oh it's so hard because I have so many unfortunate mistakes (laughs) (laughs) oh wow um uh... A mistake that worked out in my favor? That's a hard one, Actually, I'm not that kind of person that says like, I've done good, wow, I didn't mean to do it, but I really tripped over this one into a good place. Um, I did that in the real estate market once, but that was different. Um, in my career, oh, that's a hard one, man, like, I can only think of like a bunch of dumb things I've done um, that.
0: What's your really favorite sh- dumb thing
1: that you shouldn't favorite- have
0: done, but you're glad you did it.
1: Um, no. <laughs> 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 okay. I'll tell you the worst thing I ever did. I'll tell you, it's, it's clearly the worst, the worst thing. Uh, uh, I, that one goes fresh my mind. Um, if you, you want to do that one.
0: Sure. Let's do that one.
1: Yeah. It's got no, I got no fun memories of this. I, uh, what year was it? It was, um, uh, 2012. Um, I was the youngest, um, emergency medical director in, in this national company that I'm still with called. And, uh, the, um, uh, and they were the, the, uh, the one of the, co- one of the co-founders of the company was just, uh, you know, very fond of me and kept trying to like promote me and, and, uh, um, I decided, I took a trip to Martha's Vineyard for a week and, and had like a fantastic time. and it was kiteboarding and, and, you know, I lost weight without trying. And I was like, wow, you know, this is, why am, I, why am I working so hard where I am right now? Why don't I just live in a place like this? And they were hiring emergency doctors. And so I quit my job. And, you know, this happened over the course of like eight, nine months. They tried to keep me... They promoted me to a regional medical director. This is back in 2012. Um, they offered, they say, listen, you know, uh, you know, I, we'll, we'll get you, they have this new executive program at Wharton, but, you know, let's get you into that and we'll help you pay for it. And I was like, <laughs> I just kind of said, now, ah, you guys don't know what you're talking about. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to retire, you know, at, at the age of 36 by just working as an emergency doctor in Martha's Vineyard. Um, I, I had given up my house call service to become a director and I was going to start a new one there. Uh, and then the process, I found out the director of the emergency department there had his, already started a house call service. And like, well, no reason to be, you know, competitive. We can, uh, there's plenty of room there for everybody and talk to him about that. And he says, yeah, actually, you know, I wouldn't mind having a partner on the island. I got a partner right now who's off Island and et cetera. And so I was like, great, everything's going to work out. Well, he was lying. He he wanted me to work for him for like twenty percent of his his rev what his take was. The the, the management of the hospital like really sucked. I was just miserable. Um, and I finally left. I um I it was the company was calling. They really wanted me to come back and be a director. And they pulled me back into Myrtle Beach to be the director. The group before came in had quit viciously. They timed their, their termination of their contract right before bike week so that they really want to put the screws to the hospital. And this was the group I inherited of the guys that were stuck behind that were trying to, you know, manipulate to get more money. And like it, it was just the hardest director job you can imagine. Um, very aggressive hospital, um, with very aggressive goals and metrics. I didn't have a team on, on the ground. I ended up, um, and then they told me when I got there, I was going to start a pediatric emergency department that they hadn't told me during negotiations. Um, and then they told me I was going to open up a brand new freestanding emergency department, which they had not mentioned during my, my initial contract talk. Um, you know, and I'm so like, just get her done that like, I didn't go back and be like, whoa, I'm renegotiating, it didn't, you know, which is stupid. And then they told me I was starting an emergency residency program, like, and, and so... It was probably the hardest three, four years of my life. And I went right back to the bottom rung. I still am not a regional medical director. (laughs) Like, I'm still not where I was before I left. And it's just like, I'm like, ah, idiot. (laughs) Anyway, that's the biggest mistake of my career.
0: (laughs) It it seems to me like you have such a good attitude about like whatever it is. I'm not, I'm never really sure how the are you just so Teflon and resilience or is there just a,
1: an I don't know. Sort of. I don't, I think I've been depressed before. I don't remember when, but like, you know, I got, I have my demons. I have, I, you know, Brad Hilton knows them better than anyone. For some reason, that guy always pulls them out of me late at night. Um But I don't know. I, it, part of it's kind of, almost cruel, I just think failure is hilarious, you know, you know at least, not least of all my own. <laughs> just like it's, it, it, nothing's killed me. I, I have a very good perspective, um, and I think it was probably, I don't, I don't remember, I think I was always like this, I think people always mentioned I was always smiling, so it's just part of my nature. Mm. Um, but I remember being in Africa, like I'd be having like a boohoo, you know, I miss my family kind of like day, and I'd go talk to like my Liberian neighbors, you know, my Liberian refugee neighbors. And, they, you know, stories like, yeah, the last time I saw my father, he put me out the window of our, our hut and told me to run. And I could hear him screaming as the rebels came in and attacked him. And I never saw him again, you know, and I'd be like, fuck, <laughs> you know, and you walk away from from, you know, stories like that. Like, I don't have a care in the world. Like, it just puts everything in perspective. And so like, yeah, boo hoo. I, I had like, you know, I went back down the career ladder. Well, you know, we're not in civil war. Rebels aren't, you know, going in like and murdering my family. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, you know, I, I, I laugh at it because it's it's worth laughing at. It's not that tragic.
0: Yeah, that perspective is certainly, is, is a gift.
1: Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's nice, I guess. I have a great time. <laughs>
0: So um, t- tell me um, one question that, that I've asked uh, almost everyone. Um, do you have a favorite quote that you go back to often in, in hard times?
1: You know, I saw that on your list of questions. And for life me, I'm like, I don't know if I have like a specific quote. Like I have my own quote that I quote to myself all the time. But it's not like this go back to thing. It's just a reminder of how to do my job well. But I don't know if that's what you're looking for.
0: Yeah. What, what is that quote?
1: My, the quote that it's, it's, I just made up for myself was, uh, uh, "Judge me not by how it's being." Hold on, it's really for the department mostly, but like, judge me not by how the hospital's running when I'm there. Judge me by how it's running when I'm not. It's just kind of like my guiding light for when I do things, you know, in healthcare. Like, what are people doing when I'm not there? That's that's more a testament to what I'm doing than than what's happening when I'm there.
0: Yeah. What do you do when when you, you're there and you're overwhelmed or unfocused?
1: <sighs> I'm trying to think of times that happens. Um, it's been a while, we get to tell them at the residence, it's been a while since I've, I've really taken more than I can handle, um, but that trust me, that happens. Um, it's funny, I, I was just going through my feedback that I get as a, as a faculty member, And one of them said it was was hard to learn from and keep up with during a shift because of too high energy. (laughs) I I was like, you know, you look at comments like that, I'm like, well, I don't know about you, but you better fucking hurry up because that's not (laughs) change. We're in a goddamn emergency department. Like, you might want to put some spring in your step. it's funny too, because I get made fun of there because I don't, I don't walk down the ER hallways. Like I got my white coat on and it's like, you know, at a 45 degree angle behind me, cause I'm moving so fast. But, um, you know, the times when I can't keep up, it's, you know, I have those moments like I don't have control of my ER right now. And I'm like, all I do though. I mean, it's very simple. You just stop, take two minutes. Like I'll just like stare at the counter few deep breaths, kind of let my brain slow down, stop cycling. And then I go and I look back up at my computer tracker and I'm like, okay, what's really happening? What do I need to do? What do I have to do now? What can wait till later? Um, And then, you know, you you take that to the executive corporate side, you know, when I'm in my home office or somewhere else, it's just the same thing. You're like, okay, reset. Where am I? What takes priority? What have I been ignoring too long? You know, what do I have to jump on now that I can't wait on and et cetera? And then that's I don't know. It's probably not the best way, but it's the way that's worked for me so far.
0: Hmm. I've got, I've got three more questions for you and then we can wrap up. One yeah. is what do you think differentiates a good doctor from a great doctor?
1: Uh, it's really simple. Giving a shit. <laughs> I I got to tell you, um, you know, people like, I think, I think asking an emergency now, of course I'm biased. Right. But people will ask an emergency doctor, you know, who they recommend. And, you know, there's two things we noticed in the emergency department. And and that's um, how many times are patients bounced into the ER with a complication from like their surgery or or something that was missed, you know, and um, it's not very common, but I remember like one place, there's one doctor, uh, I had a scribe working with me and a patient came in with a wound infection. She'd be like, and she'd name the doctor and like, you know, because that's how often it happened. Uh, so that's a sign of a bad doctor, right? Um, and then these other ones, you call them up and like, hey, I got your patient in the ER. I'm like, why are you calling me? And you can tell they just don't give a shit. Um, I'm like, dude, I've got your patient here. Um, and trying to get them to care is just... And then there's other doctors who are like, you know, I'll be right in. They're like, I didn't really need you to come in. I'm like, no, 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 it's no problem. Uh, unfortunately, that's what burns doctors out. Um, but yet at the same time, you know, they just need to act like they give a crap about the people that they're there to help. Um, and I think that's all it really takes. The rest of it kind of falls into place. If you care, then you do the reading. If you do the reading, you stay up to date. And if you really care, you'll, you'll notice little subtle things that would otherwise be missed. And you actually listen to your patients, you know, and you might give them some respect and, and actually, you know, let believe that they know what they're talking about when they're trying to explain what's going on.
0: Hmm. Um, as, as you're going through the program, and life, and the the changes that you're making. What are some of the things that you're reading that you're really excited about, either as a distraction or as as things that are supporting your commercial endeavors?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, as you can imagine, right? Like it's all right now. School books. Like I, I'll read the news every, well, almost every day. You know, just to see what's happening. Um, so I don't, I'm not too much of a dummy. Um, I read Chris Voss's uh every tuesday email from black swan group i don't know if you if you follow them hmm. um you know that's you know and there's nothing new in those emails right uh, you know and so like uh, but they're just great reminders like a little bit of gospel reading of like just how to like keep your keep your brain focused on you know when, when you're talking to people uh, yeah i don't have time for books right now man like leisure books it's all i mean i'm enjoying there's not a book well that's not true <laughs> most of the books from school I'm totally enjoying. There's a few that like, I mean, I, I couldn't even finish. I was like, you know, what? I don't care if this is required reading, it's not going to happen. Um, I just couldn't get myself to finish it. But uh, there's other stuff like the books that Suzanne Muchen, uh recommended and um, the guys from entrepreneurial selling. Those were fantastic. Um, just those are the books I tend to enjoy right now just because they're super interesting and it's breaking down almost like, you know, the science of uh, how we understand each other, and uh, that 's always something that 's interesting to me
0: mm. as, as you look ahead on three to five years from now, granted that we 're living right now in in a, in a crisis in a grim time, what makes you most hopeful about three to five years from now
1: um I don't know, you say it like I don't have hope ever. Or like it's
0: not, I I I struggle with that. So like the the, oh. the emotion is all mine. But but I'm looking for like what what's what's gotten you most hopeful.
1: Yeah, I, I well first of all like I I don't I don't look at it as hope, but it's just more of the sense of like I, I just pretty confident that everything's gonna be okay and I don't know, I I it's the world's been spinning for millions of years. Um, you know, and we've, we've infested it for, you know, not an insignificant period of time. And, and, it's like, it's really amazing because people be what people be. And, you know, when you look at history, humankind has acted the same no matter what you've changed what they, like what toys and tools they've had. But like, it's like, you know, you could take somebody from 3000 years ago and drop them off here. And i Guarantee you, in two months, they'd fit right in, um, doing the same things and the same conversations. Um, and so, to look at like three to five years from now, I, you know, it's the same shit, man. Like for, for better or worse, it's. Uh, I think we're we're getting a little crowded, but we're very social <laughs> animals, right? Um, we belong in, like we're monkeys that live in troops. And so we do get a little, I mean, I personally don't like being around a thousand people. Um, but, uh, you know, I've been out there by myself and alone. It was lonely. And, and so I don't mind where we are right now. Um, but you know, I, I, it's, you go, go, go live in Africa for two years. Like I did. And, and you know, and, was, and that's just, that's just a glimpse of really several hundred years ago, the way people are living and, and I think it's going to be the same a couple hundred years from now. Uh, climate change, etc. cetera, like, yeah, totally, right? But, um, you know, we'll this change how we live, I'm not that, I don't think we should fight it and be better. Um, it just doesn't keep me up at night. Um, you know, in three to five years, I'm, I'm, I'm more worried about, uh, you know, my kids wanting to start to learn how to drive. I mean, that's my biggest fear. <laughs> like, you know... <laughs> some boy show at my house to see my daughter. I'd be like,
0: fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> this has been fun. Uh, thanks for, right. thanks for hanging out. And of course, of course, man,
1: this is fun. Anytime, man, we should do this regular. We don't have to record I- it.